exchanged life. Not the borrowed. Not a life of change. Not a I need to change. I want to talk about the exchanged life. I had an interesting experience this past week. We've been remodeling our basement. In the process, I had removed one of the doors so that I could clean up the door jams and paint the door. This door is what they call a solid core door. I meant to look up the figures, but they're very, very heavy, many, many pounds, far too much for me to carry. Now, a hollow core door, most of us in the room could, you know, at least lift it up off the floor and get it across the room. A solid core door? <laughs> you, might as, you might as well mark it down. You're going to need help, okay? So this thing is off its hinges. I've gotten the hinges all clean, right? Gotten the door painted. But I made a cardinal mistake. I had pulled the pin on the hinges, all right? And I put each of the hinges, I put the three hinges back on the door frame and I put the hinges back on the ed edge of the door. And then <coughs> I was lifting that door the best I could over to try to get it up off of the floor over onto the hinges. Now there's anybody that's ever done anything with a door tried to match those hinges, all right? You know it's a task with a hollow core door. This is a solid core door. And I'm missing it and getting one and I got one, so I gotta hold the door up, right? I've, I've gotta balance the door, hold it. And I reach over and I pop a pin in and then I can get it pushed down to where it catches a couple of the links. And I go, okay, now I can work on it. Long story short, I got the top pin in and I got the middle pin in most of the way. Actually, I think I started on the bottom since it was in reach. No, it was the top and the middle, but it wasn't all the way in. And I thought, well, I'll go ahead and get the bottom one seated. <laughs> so I'm fighting with that thing and fighting with that thing. And I've got my arm in between, my hand in between the door jam. And, and this door. So now it's secured up by one of the hinges up here. And so I'm managing the weight of it, trying to keep it lifted up, trying to match the hinge so that I, and I've got the pin in my mouth. And once I get that hinge matched and that door slips and my thumb catches between the door jam and this door. Now, you know, I'm a man's man. But this hurt. It hurt a lot. Now, fortunately, I thought to put gloves on when I started this, all right? But nonetheless, this thing's got my thumb caught in there. Well, now I don't have any balance left. My thumb's caught there, so I can't move this hand to, to lift the weight off of it. And I'm realizing, you know, 
I got a situation here. <laughs> and I start thinking, well, Nina's gone. My phone is over there. I don't know. I start thinking 911. I start thinking, hey, Siri. <laughs> right <laughs> from across the room. Hey, Siri, dial 911. Because this is hurting more and more with every moment that goes by. I'm not able to get it. The wrong adjustment on that door could crimp it, you know, and smash it further. Man, I've never been quite in a situation like this where it just felt hopeless. And nobody there to call on. I'm thinking of my neighbor, and would I just, like, start yelling? And maybe my neighbor would eventually hear me. <laughs> I'm down in the basement. All right, long story short, I got my thumb out. <laughs> And I got that final pin in, and guess what? The door wouldn't close. Because by that time, with all I had done, I, uh, I sprung the hinges, it's called. And so I shoved the door shut, and then I try to open it, and it's, you know, you got to use body weight to open it, and I'm thinking, dear Jesus. I don't know, there probably was a cuss word in there or two. <laughs> so, I get on the internet. Again, I'm fast forwarding. I get on the internet and said, there's got to be a better way to do this, even by yourself. And one of the ideas that I just, I mean, it makes so much sense, right? You just unscrew the hinge from like the door jam. Don't unscrew it from the whole door. Like, don't take the pin out. Then you can remove the door, do your work, right? And, and then when you get the door back up there, you're just, you know, shooting a, a set screw, like maybe the middle screw out of three in each of the three hinges, and at least the door's hanging. But the issue still is the weight. Now my, my hinges are sprung. The door's not closing well. So I go to the hardware store, the big box hardware store, and I decide I'm going to buy some new hinges since these are sprung. There's a way that you can correct that, but I don't have the time, I don't have the will, I'm mad, I've cursed, God's left me, my thumb hurts. And I, I go to the door section and this guy greets me and he's very friendly and I say, you are who I wanted to talk to, you're the pro. I said, if I buy a new package of hinges and put it on this door, I told him what had happened. He said, will that correct that? He said, oh, absolutely. Yeah, you sprung your hinges, and when you put the new ones on and get it screwed in, you'll be fine. I said, but I can't lift that door by myself. He said, oh, you need a, an air shim. I thought he was talking in tongues. What's an air shim? He said, follow me. This, dear ones, is an air shim, and it's brilliant. <laughs> so I bought a couple of these, and you slide them under the door while the door is still on. <laughs> and then you pump it up 
Can you see that? You see how it's getting bigger? So now, with the air shim, it's holding the weight. Now, Nina happens to be home. This is, I think, going into the weekend yesterday. So it's a day later after all this has happened. I've been to the hardware, picked up the air shim, have new hinges. And I say, now, I'm going to do this, but when I get those hinges off there, the door's, you know, the weight's going to be, but I, I just need you to steady the door, all right? While I put, I'm going to unscrew the old hinges, and I'm going to put the new ones on. And I know exactly how I'm going to do it and all that. So, again, long story short, got all the hinges back on, got them all screwed in. She didn't have to lift anything, you know. I didn't have to lift anything. I was able just to go after the, the hinges and get them screwed in. Close the door, pop, just perfect. Closed without any effort. In fact, you could just push it and it closed. Yes. And then the Lord spoke to me. Now, I don't know how the Lord speaks to you, but sometimes the Lord speaks to me in very real terms. He said, you realize what this represents, don't you? You didn't need to be an ass and try to lift it all by yourself. <laughs> there might have been another word or two in there, but... Because once you took the weight off with something that you push this little button and it flattens out. Okay, this button is right here. And then you pump that sucker up. Take the weight off the door. Easy peasy. He said, wonder what your walk would be like and your life with me if you used my divine air shims and let me do the heavy lifting. You see, the heavy lifting in life is the Lord's. We're not meant to lift the weight of life. I want to share a scripture with you. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29 and 30. He gives strength to the weary Watch that word. And increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. This word weary and the word weak, both in the Hebrew, mean exhaustion or fatigue. Weary comes from a root word, to be tired, weary, fatigued. And not just physical tired, but a weariness of spirit. Now, I know you've felt that. I have. And it's actually a constant bombardment to get our eyes off of Jesus. And then the second word, weak, also comes from this Hebrew, same Hebrew root word with the emphasis on fatigue or exhaustion. Now this is interesting because what the prophet is highlighting is God's ability to renew and strengthen those who are exhausted both physically and in spirit. 
And so the repetition of the words used here in this passage, derived from the same root, serves to emphasize the depth of human exhaustion and the profound renewal that God offers us. Scripture constantly highlights the tension between human weakness and frailty and failure on one side and God's strength, grace, and mercy on the other. It underscores the idea that in moments of human inadequacy, God's strength and God's grace shine through. I'm here to tell you we serve a big God, and He has some spiritual airships ready for your life. Paul circles around and uses this same principle that we found in Isaiah. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power might rest in me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness. Who goes around saying that? I delight in my weakness. I am not a man's man. I cannot lift a solid core door by myself. I will never again try to remove a door from its hinges, especially if it's a solid core door, by myself or without air hinges. Never again. Been there. About lost my thumb. About died. I mean, that's what it felt like. I wouldn't have been here this morning to share this message with you except the Lord saved me. Hallelujah. He goes on. That is why for Christ's sake I delight in my weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's like quit complaining. Stop being a dumbass. Yes, we need to say, it's not, saying I'm weak is not complaining. That's admitting you're not a man's man. <laughs> That's admitting, Jeff Corson, you shouldn't try to remove a, hollow, a solid core door in the basement when nobody else is around and clean the hinges and do it all by yourself. That's what that means. And you know, the truth of this is, you and I are walking through life, and every day we are facing spiritual challenges of the same sort. And God never built you to lift that by yourself. And he has provided his strength to get that thing up to where it can be managed. And you can just, I can't tell you how easy this job became once these air hinges or uh, uh, shims were inserted under that door. It's magical. And they're so easy to use. And so is the Lord. So is His Spirit. So is prayer. So is, per our message last week, living every moment like God is right there. Not relying on the past, not 
caught up in the future and your thoughts about it. God is in this moment. It's the only moment God is in is right now. He's not in the past. He's not in the future. He's right now in this moment with you. So this is a paradox. God's grace becomes most evident and potent when we recognize our own weaknesses. And instead of relying on our own strength, we lean entirely on God's power. This power is manifest in our vulnerability. It's amazing. Psalm chapter 103 brings this out, verse 13 and 14. As a father has compassion, watch this. As a father, read it with me. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord. Repeat those phrases. As the father, so the Lord. Repeat it with me. As the father, so the Lord has compassion on those who what? Fear him. This is not the word for run away in terror. He's not talking about that kind of fear. He's talking about that sweet reverence and love and grabbing around the legs that a child would do of his daddy, of her father. When she comes up and grabs him by the leg and in reverence and joy and peace and trust, absolute trust, says, Daddy, hug me, Daddy, let's dance. You dads, have you ever done this where you took your, your, your baby and, and had them stand on your feet and they held your arms and you just walked and they walked and they danced with your feet? See, that's what the Father's doing with you right now. Matthew chapter 18, verse 2 through 3. He called a child, and he put him before him, and he said to him, I tell you the truth, unless you turn around and become like the children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself like this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. It's not something inherent in being a child that's the point here. It's the issue that a child is one who has to live in complete trust of his father, of his parents, of her daddy. Otherwise, they can't survive. And that's our relationship with our heavenly father. We just come and in complete trust, we throw ourselves upon him. You may have heard of this author. He's since passed away. He was a Chinese theologian, missionary, uh, speaker, pastor, extraordinaire. He's written many, many books, and they're in most of the Bible colleges across the nations and the world. Everybody knows his name. I'm going to read this quote from him. We think of Christian life as a changed life, but it is not that. What God offers us is an exchanged life. Watchman Nee. So what are we to do? We shift our focus from the past or the future to God's continuous presence now. What do we do? We recognize our own weaknesses, and it's not bad or evil or lack of faith to recognize your weakness. 
Third, what do we do? We, we climb into the Father's arms and we let Him do the heavy lifting. Yes, dear ones, the heavy lifting is the Lord's. And so I have a song for you. A song I hadn't listened to, gosh, for probably the better part of a year. And I stumbled across it. And as I listened, I began to cry. And I began to realize... This is our life. This song is my life before God. It's my every day. It's how the day should go. It's how I start my day. It's, it's how I address the Lord in the middle of the day. It's, it's how I go in the evening and when I close my eyes in the bed. When I closed my eyes last night laying in bed, I thought of the words of this song and then I worshiped with the Savior. Here I am, down on my knees, surrendering all, surrendering all. Find me here, Lord, as you draw me near, desperate for you, desperate for you. I surrender. Drench my soul as mercy and grace unfold. I hunger and thirst, I hunger and thirst. With arms stretched wide, I know you hear my cry. Speak to me now. Speak to me now. And in the chorus, I surrender. I surrender. I want to know you more. I want to know you more. Now, dear ones, I know it's not in some ways the best theology because he is right here. We, we don't call upon him as though he's somewhere else. But dear ones, this is dealing with the soul. <laughs> this is dealing with the thumb that was stuck between the door and the door jam, all right? That's a reality. And though I have the victory and I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and praise the Lord, my thumb was stuck between the door. And I, 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 I mean, I just, if my phone had been right there, I think I would have dialed 911. Sometimes spiritually, you need to dial 911. Sometimes spiritually, you need to get off your spiritual high horse or your faith high horse. And you need to just surrender to what? Put your arms around daddy's legs and say, I trust you. Do the heavy lifting for me. Jeff? Drench my soul 
His mercy and grace unfold I hunger and thirst I hunger and thirst With
was pillow time. Yeah, I got my pillow and I put it down on the rug and I kneeled and I just laid over my bed on my knees on the floor, my knees on the floor and stretched over the bed and I just got my portable speaker, <laughs> Bluetooth, and set it on the bed and just worshipped and cried and laid my life before him said I trust you with everything that's going on I can't change it all I'm going to stop trying to lift it how many are you with me <laughs> I'm going to stop trying to lift it carry it some of you can relate 